With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. <sighs> Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's gone. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, Albie Shore. And of course, I had to bring on the people's champ that is Jeremy Gillen to talk stickball updates and some other fun goodies. Jeremy, what's up? What's up, Albie? We are talking a little bit of stickball, a little bit of basketball, uh, and a little bit of track and field today. Just going to kind of cover the litany. There's actually a lot going on um, with Texas Tech sports, not to mention that the uh, men's, oh my goodness, I could go down the list here. We've got Ludwig Arberg being nominated for, um, again, golf. We try our best, that, that award. award. <laughs> uh, you know, you've got the, what is it, the the men's, you got the men's tennis team moving on to, uh, I think they're going to Duke. They're going to NCAA tournament. Yeah. They're going to the tournament. Or is it the women's team, I think, is going over to North Carolina Durham. I can't remember. Anyways, we got a lot of we have a lot of postseason appearances on our the teams that continue to do so. You know, women's tennis is like eleventh consecutive year appearing in the postseason. Fantastic, can never complain about that. Women's soccer is picking up good recruits. Can't complain about that. Uh, we just have some sports that <laughs> maybe just need a little boost. Maybe need a little boost that's, here at the end of the season. That's right. That's all it is. <laughs> well. It is towards the end of the season, and one of the programs that may need a little boost, a little pickup, is softball. Uh, so, Jeremy, tell us tell us about how they're doing on that side of things. All right. So, when we left off last, softball was playing. Uh, you had your Kansas. Um, you had Kansas, and then you're looking at Oklahoma State. The Kansas series was the one that you should have got, right? Because with you're looking at the Big 12 standings, uh, Kansas is below you. I think – if you if you look at and, and the weird thing is that the Big Twelve um, is just missing uh, you know you're missing Iowa State in that conversation so it just looks it looks a little bit different but you've got Oklahoma Texas and Oklahoma State are kind of the perennial gonna be good at softball teams and then you move into I put them in groups of two you got Baylor and Tech look very similar 
and then Kansas and Iowa State look very similar. Um, Baylor and Tech in the middle here, and Kansas, Iowa State at the bottom. I just said Iowa State doesn't have a team. I'm I'm not thinking straight. Um, let's think about baseball for a second. Um, Iowa State doesn't have a baseball team, right? Which, I was going to let know, you ride too. I was. It was funny <laughs> if you said that, and I was like, I think he's wrong, but I don't know for sure. So I'm no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. I lit myself up. Um, anyways, and so you have this. You have this. It's kind of a responsibility for Texas Tech to beat Kansas and Iowa State. So. And with I with Kansas being in front of Oklahoma State, you think okay, you got to get this series. But then they didn't, right? So they they dropped that two uh, one loss. Well, then you get into Oklahoma State, right? Number seventh in the nation, excellent. I mean, excellent hitters on this team, even better fielders. It would seem like, but you're in Lubbock, so you think you got a chance. That first game, and the problem was is that it rained out the first night on Friday, so they they pushed it to a double header. Oklahoma State came out swinging. I mean, noon hit and they were just off. They were they were rocking them. I mean, you lost. We lost ten to one, which was horrible, right? Uh, but you get you get it back at two thirty. Not a couple, you know, two two and a half hours later, um, you think, ah, oh, geez, <laughs> it's going to be happening some more. But actually, um, I don't know if Oklahoma State just kind of ran out of juice there, but. Uh, Texas Tech showed up really well defensively, especially good pitching, uh, good fielding. You end up winning this and winning against Oklahoma State for the first time in a long time, um, four to three, and you're in extra innings in the eighth inning. And so you think you kind of get this momentum here driving to uh, the Sunday game. You know, you might have a chance. But, you know, Oklahoma State took a break, took a sleep, came out, beat us 8 0. So <laughs> not an ideal finish. You lost two of the last. Um, you lost both of the series uh, at the end of the season here, two to one against Kansas, two to one against Oklahoma State, and now you're staring down the Big Twelve tournament. You you were kind of floating around this idea of okay, we could have kind of a we can have a postseason appearance here, but now it's really looking impossible, uh, especially with that Big Twelve tournament starting up on the 11th, and you just you just you just didn't show out at the end like you really needed to. So, and that Big Twelve, 12 tournament is going to be. I mean, I, I I don't. We're not going to get a postseason without a win there. Um, you know, I think it's, they're going to need kind of a, I don't want to call it a miracle, but a miracle yeah. <laughs> to, to have a postseason here. But I, like we talked about last time, I do think that this is a really good first year. Um, a lot of people, you know, I think coming into the year, we even called it year zero, but actually I think this is really year ones. I think Snyder's done a great job in, in year one of really getting this, this program turned around. And there's some things going down the rumor mill of, uh, some commits that he might be able to get for next year's team. So, yeah, um, this is by, by, by no means, like, however, this turns out, if this is the end, right, you go to the big 12 and get Molly whopped. Um, this was an excellent year for coach Schneider coming out and his year zero year one, whatever we're going to end up calling it. You get wins. You get a couple of wins over top, tw- top 25 teams. You get wins over top 25 teams in conference as well. Um, you show out pretty well. I mean, you, you play a pretty good home stand. Uh, you go 13 and seven at home away was a little tough. Seven and 10. Uh, the neutral site though, you played so many neutral site. You played uh, 15 neutral games, neutral site games, and you won 11 of them. So you, you had a lot of really good showing here. Five and thirteen in the conference is kind of where we just are at. Period. And so you know, Snyder coming in and maintaining that is not a huge, you know, because we had, um, you know, we had kind of a crazy off season. So him coming in and maintaining kind of where we were, maintaining that position, holding the rope, so to speak, is a huge win. And so being able to build upon that, you know, maybe looking at some recruits that are coming in, like you alluded to, Albie, uh, you have a really good chance here. To kind of launch up and really the next people you need to be looking at is Baylor. Like how do you beat Baylor next year in the standings and on the and on the diamond? Yeah. 
And and who knows? Maybe we can be like Baylor next year and actually beat Oklahoma. Ooh. Um, you know, Baylor did have that one game where they beat Oklahoma, and then they thought they were they talked cash and got whooped. Yeah, <laughs> Molly whooped. Oh yeah. Um, but hey, you know they can. Everybody gets whooped by Oklahoma. Baylor will always have that one win against Oklahoma. So there's that. Um, but another program that really needs to pick me up is baseball, Jeremy. Uh, last time we talked, we talked about that the end of the season, here it is. I, I said that I thought that they'd already weather the storm of some of the better teams in the conference and that they can really push forward, ride it out, win a couple series, maybe even get a sweep in there. Then who knows? Maybe we can rise up and actually host a regional. Now, Jeremy, we are fighting for dear life to stay in this tournament. I, it's a really bad week at Kansas State. Um, losing that series, it could have in a series that could have been a sweep. Really, a series that easily could have been a sweep. You lose it. Starting off with that first game um, at Kansas State, where you're up 2 1 uh, after the fifth inning. You're, you seem like you're going to ride it out, and you give up two, uh, uh, two runs in the bottom of the seventh. Backbreakers, not a good offensive showing. Um, you, you really waste. A you waste a good outing from Mason Molina, who only gives up one run all game, uh, and it's just it's it's unfortunately you know and that's college baseball for you. Sometimes you you go out, you make a decision. Ryan Free, who's been a decent pitcher for us this year, giving up those two runs, uh, that's rough. But I, I, I you know I don't want to sit here and blame Ryan Free. Free, you give him three runs, you should win the game. Mm-hmm. I mean I think just point blank, you should win the game. And uh, our bats were cold as ice. Um, so yeah, you lose the first one, you come back. Game two, pretty good. You put up five runs on the board. Again, a trend in Parrish who's really um, trending positively, in my opinion, is have had a really good outing, didn't give up a single run, um, or didn't give up a single earned run. And 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 I think it's really I think Tech really played a really good game in that second one. So now you gotta win the series. You gotta win the series. You're in Kansas State. Good news, Jeremy, is the bats woke up. We scored eight runs. Right, including four on the top of the fourth. The bad news is the pitching that had been so good in the first two games, like we usually see in the third game setup, was terrible. We, I mean, overall, Zane Petty, the starter, gave up those three runs, and it was then you're playing Cirque du Soleil with our pitchers. I mean, overall, we ended up having eight different pitchers in this game, and and Brendan Gurton kind of gave up a lot of those runs there uh, to really lose the game in the bottom of the eighth. Um, so three, two games where could have been won, you lose them both, and unfortunately, D1 Baseball has given up on us. <laughs> they have given up. They've seen some of the games we had previously. They saw us virtually almost lose to Abilene Christian. Unfortunately, they did reschedule that game. So um, that's, that's like get a, it together, guys. Like upcoming <laughs> loss. It feels like it's an upcoming loss. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, it feels like it's just a loss. Can't wait to happen. Um, but it's it's yeah, we're completely dropped out of the top 25. They just recently came up with a uh, recent projection for the NCAA tournament, and we are on the bubble. We are on the bubble currently listed as a three seed. And again, baseball projections are uh, baseball tournaments a little bit different. Um, it's it's tough when you're not one of the 25 best teams. If you're not one of the 25 best teams, you're virtually on the bubble basically. And uh, we're now listed as a as a three seed um, in a, in a region featuring Arkansas, who is whew, buddy. That's a tough. Tough one if we end up being, or sorry, actually, I'm reading this wrong. Uh, it was Oregon. Oregon's actually better. Oh, all right. So I, I read a little wrong. I thought we were in the favor of bracket with Arkansas. Lord Jesus, help us if that was the case. This one's a little bit easier. Cal State Fullerton, though, very good team. Very dangerous two seed if that's what ends up being the case. You have Oregon at the one seed and Loyola Marymount at the four seed. Um, but Tech's got to get it together. I mean, there's really no, a re- I would argue that this loss at Kansas State, especially the way it happened, the way it went down, 
might be the most disappointing series loss of the season. Um, you hope to get it back. You have a, a three home three home games against Sam Houston. You need to sweep. I think you need to straight up sweep. You got to go out there and sweep them. Um, again, they're gonna re, they're gonna replay. You're gonna have a double header uh, r- right after that on Tuesday against Abilene Christian. One we are already down, and then you got to get it right back up. So I think for the next five five games, got to go four and one because these are against teams. Excuse me. These are against teams that, yeah, sure, Abilene Christian and Sam Houston are pretty decent mid-majors, but they're still mid-majors. And you need good quality wins before you go to Morgantown, to West Virginia, to the team right now who's the number one team in the Big 12, right? Last year, Morgan, West Virginia came out of nowhere and was surprisingly good. There were a lot of people picked them to be one of the worst teams in the conference. It was surprisingly good as a mid-tier team. They're just building on that. And now, right as of right now, they've won six straight games. They're at the top of the conference. They're doing they're doing the thing, and guess what? Tech now has to go to Morgantown, which is a difficult place to play regardless of the sport, and try to get a series win to save themselves from not being in the tournament. It's from a team that went from, who knows, may, hey, maybe we can go to a regional, to now, oh, God, we may not make a tournament. It's uh, it's rough. I mean, it, it's going to be – Tim Tadlock may have his – is one of his most difficult coaching jobs coming up here. Yeah, it's never, it's never pretty to see um... – Hey, Texas Tech fans know it. Like, this is a really good baseball team. You got a lot of studs on this team, but just not putting it together. And we talked about it a couple, you know, we've talked about it the past couple episodes. Like, this team is just, there's something that this team just needs to, and at this point in the season, it's like, well, you know, what can you really do? You can go out and sweep, you know, you can go out and sweep. But at that point, it's, you know, are you really producing consistently? Or are you just kind of getting out there and doing something crazy? Because while basketball, you know, on the basketball, everybody's super hyped about how teams are playing most recently it's a little bit more convoluted in baseball because it's just like, you know, well, let's think about West Virginia. What have they been going through? Let's think about, you know, who's up on the mound for them. And it's just, there's a lot more X's and O's with it. And so you just hate that you kind of got to this point in the season before it's like, Oh shit. Like, you know, we really got to do something. So man, I just crossed my fingers, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's all you can do at this point. Um, other college baseball news. And we don't always go outside of the tech realm, but I think this is big news. Brad Bohannon, the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, he's been fired for for basically betting against himself. <laughs> so there was some suspicious activity tied to the Alabama LSU series um, directly to Bohannon. Bohannon was seeing kind of, you know, I, I don't know if he's, I don't know if uh, um, he bet. I don't really know the specifics. But I don't know if he bet on himself, bet against himself. Either way, you're a coach and you're betting on or you're helping uh, uh, these bet series. And I, and I, as I saw this come on ESPN today, and as I read a little bit more about it today, I, I fear Jeremy, that this is just the beginning. The NFL just suspended a bunch of guys for betting on, on, in, uh, in their locker rooms. And, and those guys that got suspended, you know, for the most part, I, to be honest, I think it was a simple fact that they didn't know they couldn't bet on, on premises. Right. Cause I mean, you know, that, that makes sense. But the more like betting wasn't this prevalent before. Right, it wasn't as prevalent because before to bet on sports, it had to be done sketchily. You had to have a bookie, right? You had to shadily give him money. You had to tell him the point spread. You had to read the newspaper. You had to do all these things to bet that only a portion of our country did, right? And then depending on the state you're in, it just wasn't worth it. If you were in in Texas where it's illegal to to, to sports bet, it just wasn't worth it to do to go through all those hoops, right? Um, now it's not even in Texas. I mean, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna you know. The FBI might be watching, so I'm not going to tell you how. But in Texas, it's very easy to sports bet, even though it's quote-unquote illegal, right? You see all these commercials for BetMGM and and um, 
for for FanDuel and for for DraftKings and all this sports betting, the Barstool Sportsbook and all this other stuff, right? And it's so easy to sports bet now that it's almost like they're like, yeah, it's very easy for the consumer to sports bet, but we don't want none of our players doing it. Well, what do you think is going to happen? You have Tim Donaghy who's already gotten in trouble for it, the referee for the NBA. You have uh, um, uh, Pete Rose who got in trouble for it in baseball and got banned for life, right? And it's it's just one of those things is as gambling becomes more prevalent, I think this is the tip of the iceberg. And overall, in fact, that it's reached college baseball is very interesting. But like I just think in general, um, college sports and on all sports really need to kind of put a finger to it and say, what's like, how are we going to police this? The accessibility, I think that was kind of what you're alluding to is just the accessibility that we have, you know, these days to get around the sketchiness of it, right? And so when we, when we can kind of line up and do it on, do it ourselves without having to go through like a weird guy in a back alley, um, the old school way. But we can do it just from your phone, or um, you know, even in like a professional office. But like the the accessibility makes it seem like it's okay. And I think that the you know college sports world maybe is just being outpaced by accessibility, and so not having an answer for things like this. And so the immediate like response is, oh you're out of here. Like, you know, we have to, we have to do it this way. Um, cause that's just how it's done, but not really acknowledging, you know, what are you doing to address kind of the way that the sports world is evolving around the actual sport, right? So, you know, NIL is it continues to revolve around, uh, evolve around the sport that, you know, the sports that we love. It just starts to look a little, you know, it's, I mean, remember when it first happened and that guy in Florida was like, oh, I'm freaking tossing all this money to all these people. And then people are so pissed off at that guy. Um, and you know, it, but like, that's kind of what NIO was for a second. And then it was like, okay, we have to do something about this. And then it's just kind of evolved differently. And now everybody's upset that, okay, you get these mid-major guys who are doing great at their teams. And then they're just like, peace. Um, like Tyler Perry, you know, going to Kansas state, it's like, cause he's going to collect a bag. You're not doing anything to make it, you're not doing anything to reduce the incentive. Like, I don't understand. And so it's just this weird, like you're putting out fires. You're not really adding prevention and so it's just yeah it's fun to watch if you're not involved but stressful i guess if you're a part of anything <laughs> i mean it's just you know you get into fear of like what's stopping somebody from saying you know hey hunter dickerson i know you just committed to kansas um but for this national championship game or this first round game i want you i'm gonna pay you a hundred thousand dollars for you to throw it yeah right like yeah. what's what's stop and then hunter, hunter dickinson let me tell you something about hunter dickinson very good player very good baller probably not going to have a long NBA career, right? Like, he's, he's a good player in college, but there's certain guys that are just built for college, and that's the reason why he's not going to the NBA. He's transferring, right, because he's built more for college. So what happens? What's stopping somebody from saying, hey, I'll give you a quarter mil right now if you just toss this game. Nobody will know, right? And I, and I think it's in college sports, it's one thing for for pros, but and I, and I brought up Hunter Dickinson, but Hunter Dickinson at least comes from a better family. What happens if you have somebody that's you know doesn't have a lot of money growing up, and maybe NIL isn't popping like that, right? And somebody comes up and says, "Hey man, I even give you fifty k, fifty k, throw three, throw, throw two picks. I got a I got a bag on prize picks real yeah. quick. You know, I used I use I got a bag on prize picks. I used the tortillas twelve um, to get you know that discount off there. What happens in that aspect, right? Where um, somebody did that on prize picks. And so, like, and so I need you to throw three picks. That's like, like the what's ma- stopping mafia that level, you know, coming in and being like, 
throw the game. But it's not though. It's not anymore though. That's <laughs> the not, thing. Yeah. Like it used to be mafia style, uh-huh. right? But now it's not anymore. Now it's simply, hey man, I got a lot riding on this game. I'll toss you. I'll toss you ten grand to to throw. I, I have the over under of of point five interceptions. Just throw one. Just throw one. Throw one interception, right? Or like, like think about this, or you know, something like that. And so, I just think as like you say, accessibility gets more to gambling. Um, you're, I think we're going to see more stories like this until until they get a better control of it, because also the stigma of gambling is gone. That's so true. Right when I was growing up, when I was growing up, oh, I, you don't want to be a gambler. Yeah, you don't want you, you don't want a family <laughs> to call you the gambler of the family. That's dirty. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh no, oh no. <laughs> but now it's like, yeah, everybody gambles. Like everybody, it's, it's a known thing, yeah. right? Like, you know. You know, now people go for right from church to gamble. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. That's so true. You know, so um, one thing I don't ever gamble on is my fits and my clothes. Mm. And what I like to do is I like to go to homefieldadvantage.com and make sure that I'm getting the best, the best clothes there is. Cause I don't want to gamble with my swag. I use promo code takes 12 T-A-K-E-S-1-2 to get 15% off my first order from Homefield. Right, they actually drop new stuff. I know I said in the previous pod, but they drop new stuff. Make sure to go out and get it. Make sure to go out and grab it. Um, it's good stuff. Did you ever? Did you? Did you end up buying? Got that? that uh, got that the pullover. Yeah, got it. Lubbock yeah. just decided to turn up, and so it's like ninety degrees outside. <laughs> I'll be ready come the fall, though. Yeah, hey, yeah. Let it. Hey, the second it drops below sixty, Jeremy's on it. Yep, he's on it. Catch me on the sideline. All right. Yeah. So with that, so one thing we talked about a little bit about basketball. And so, Jeremy, there's been some recruiting happening on the women's side, right? A lot of big news on the women's side. I mean, it is a, excuse me, it is a fun time to be a Lady Raiders fan, right? So catch us up on some of the recruiting that's been going on on the Lady Raiders side and what commits we can be excited about. Oh, dude, super. I mean, so it all started, it kind of really all kicked off when we signed the Florida transfer, Jordan Merritt. Um, You know, she's coming as one of the... I mean, she was a four and five star prospect. She's got two years of eligibility remaining, which we do love. The two, the like people are going to be here more than one season, probably. We appreciate that. Uh, but she was all all SEC freshman team selection, uh, right? So she has been an incredible. Uh, she was incredible for the Gators. Uh, and so I think Coach Gerlich sees an opportunity to bring somebody who's an all star. And we kind of mentioned this because we talked about her previously. Uh, that you know having people of this caliber to come and kind of commit to the program that coach Gerlich is pitching them is a huge win because they're going to, you know, they know that they have to play as a team since then though, man. Okay. We have Colorado transfer Jada win um, Jada win. I'm not like super hyped on, uh, but she is a, she can be a bucket from deep. So I think that that's what coach Gerlich is really interested in her uh, and her, like obviously her on ball defense. It is for me, the uh double the double trouble of stealing players from UTEP that has like hyped me up. Okay, so <laughs> coach we just beat them. <laughs> yeah, well, so yeah, so Coach Gerlich gets uh uh is it is Jayzion 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 Jayzion? Do you know it? Jayzion? So, I don't. Yeah, so I'm gonna let you trip over yourself. Hey, we're gonna go for it. So Jayzion Jackson, and then uh, just. Uh, yesterday, today, where were uh, Alina Arike, who's a who's another Finn, uh, going on with uh, Saga. So let me just let me just add some context to this that I think is uh, this is a great storyline. So UTEP uh, just hired a um, 
they had Kevin Baker, right? Then um, parted ways with Kevin Baker and hired. This would be hired back onto Keitha Adams. Uh, Keitha Adams actually um, left UTEP in 2017 to go back to Wichita State, and then now she's back at UTEP. Um, and here's the thing: is that Keitha Adams is the winningest coach in UTEP women basketball history, right? So you have the winningest head coach in UTEP basketball history coming back. And then in the time that she's come back, Coach Gerlich has stolen two of her players, two of her good players. So what does that tell you about Coach Gerlich and this women's, this Lady Raider basketball team? I mean, <laughs> like if that doesn't get you excited, that should be, that should be a, that should be a huge, awesome red flag, red and black, you know, scarlet and black flag that Coach Gerlich is building something truly impressive because you look at the roster you've got you know alina Enrique coming in you've got jordan merrick coming in uh, as transfers of course uh jay-z and jackson and then don't forget uh jada win as well don't forget we have uh, a show mago uh coming in freshman kelly moore coming in freshman logan johnson that's the big one out of houston coming in freshman logan johnson yep yep so you've got like you've got a strong basis and you know we had you know uh Bree Bree go off we had Big Cat go off and so you're going okay well you know kind of get kind of get some people coming in here who can score and who can play defense well you know coach Gerlich said all right but and she filled the roster in no time flat incredible I mean incredible so I mean so like that's a lot of great news um but let's juxtapose it to the men's side where the men's side got Darian Williams, a Nevada transfer. That's and that's it. it. <laughs> that's that's and we're all it. still so waiting. <laughs> yeah. So since I mean, since Grant McCaslin's take over, that's the only commit we've had. The transfer from Nevada, Darren Williams, um, good, nice combo guard. Uh, seems to be a guy that can uh, a nice three and D type of player. Um, I, you know, he has a lot of, uh, um, I was, he has three years of eligibility still. So he's another guy that's going to be able to grow. He played at Bishop Gorman. So he's a guy that was, has a lot of talent, right? Because he was able to at least play academy basketball in high school. Um, so I don't doubt that it is absolutely a very good, um, uh, a, a good pickup getting Darren Williams, right? When his, his lone year, uh, his lone year at Nevada was putting up a nine, what was that? Uh, nine and three. Right, like so. That's um, it's definitely nine, seven, and three. Sorry, really good player, and I'm glad to have him. We need more. We need some, just <laughs> we need something. more. And we and we've had our name. We've we've been you know in the running for a few players. Um, one of the most recently, uh, we have Grant Nelson, who is from a stud from North Dakota State. Uh, but everybody's in the running for yeah. Grant Nelson. So <laughs> it's it's not like like and when I say everybody, I mean Kentucky, Gonzaga, Kansas, Alabama, Arkansas, Houston, LSU. Everybody whoever is in the running. Whoever Grant tweeted Nelson. the list had to buy Twitter Blue just to have the unlimited just, character count. Yeah, because there's really no other reason to have Twitter Blue. Um, and if you have Twitter Blue, shame on you. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but anyways but yeah so like it's so we're in we're in some names and i know a big disappointment was tyler perry not not coming to tech because i think that was one assumption is that he would want to follow his head coach to texas tech and it just didn't happen right um but it's it is as somebody who again i, I was all for the hire i'm, I'm happy about it and, and none of this matters until we actually start playing right so i do want to reiterate that um, but you know, especially as we juxtapose it to the women's side, what, let me ask you, Jeremy, I mean, what are you more excited for? And let me pour, pour, pour two out there. I know we've kind of dogged on the men's a little bit, so I'm gonna put both of them out there. Right. So why you should be excited for the men's side. You have a brand new head coach 
last year that was a disaster season is now you kind of turn the tide on that. You have a guy with a mission. Uh, uh, everything is is kind of on a, on a one track. He has everything everything kind of uh, together a little bit. Still needs to finalize his his coaching staff, but he it seems to be very methodical in the stop process. Nothing. He's not jumping the gun on anything. He's really and we have a new start. And new starts are they're exciting. Right, even even back in the Matt, remember Matt Wells when he got hired? How we we bought in, we bought in, and we like we us are the whole thing. Like fresh starts are exciting, right? Especially when you had kind of you've kind of been screwed over previously. Last year was a screw over year. We have a fresh start, right? We got we got a new boo, right? And this this new boo is taking us out to, to eat, right? He's feeding us lobster, you know, right? And that's that's what's great about the men's side about the taking men's us side, to Applebee's is that it like. is new. Taking us, <laughs> well, it's new, but it's new. And we still don't know what he has planned, but it's new. So then we have Chris the girl on the women's side. And we're now, this is not new. We are now going into year four for with Coach Gerlich, right? This is not a, a new scenario. This is not a new program. However, Coach Gerlich just took the to, took Lady Raiders to a, our first postseason in almost a decade, just last season. And you follow that up with pretty high-profile commits, after getting a couple high-profile high school commits, right? You follow up with these transfers, and now it's like you take – so you last year, what you lost your one of the best scores in recent Lady Raider memory, and you just double that back by having a better season. Now you're going to lose another one in Brianna Scott and one of the, one of the best scores in, that we've had in recent memory, and you're doubling back with just more and more and more talent. And so now it's like – so what should you be more excited for, right? The, the unknown of a fresh start in the men's side, even though that fresh start really hasn't got off to the jolt we wanted it to be like it was for, the, for football, or the women who have taken a little bit of time to get here, but now that they're here, it's exciting. Yeah, for me – I think it's the it's this storyline of like Lady Raider basketball uh, coming around because here's the thing is that you know Lady Raider basketball is the program that won a national championship first and you know brought all of this attention to Texas Tech. Marsha Sharp's got a freeway um, like they are the champions of Tech. They're the fearless champions. You know we all sing the you know champions. Uh, that's them. And so seeing this like resurgence of Coach Gerlich taking the taking the long road in terms of like instilling her pedagogy and culture and making sure that she does it her way. And the fact that we got to the postseason last season and we played really well. And then again, like you said, this whole idea of like, ah, we lost, you know, with the men's side, it's like, we've lost a lot of talent and we just kind of like patchwork it back together. Um, with the women's side, it's, we've lost a lot of, we've lost a really key, we lost a key piece of the team, which seems inc- incredibly, uh, is integral to like the way that this team plays throughout the year. Ah, but I'll just double it and give it to ourselves next year. And then we do it again and we're going to double it and give it to ourselves next year. And so coach Gerlich has done an awesome job of like building on success. You want to talk about Matt Wells stacking success, stacking success, baby. (laughs) God, the trauma from that, the trauma. (laughs) Um, Coach Gerlich is doing it quietly. You know, I mean, she's not doing it quietly. She tweets, you know, bling bling and (laughs) video for stuff. She's rocking it. She's owning it. Uh, she's got. I don't got, think she does anything quiet. She's got great charisma, but you know it's not this. Um, she is just continuing to build the program, with or without criticism. You know, with or without the press, with or without this, like all eyes on Texas Tech. It's like, okay, y'all can y'all can hang out over there and watch. You know, uh, watch the other women's programs in our um, in our conference, but we're just going to continue to do our thing. And so this year, 
I think is the most exciting program for basketball because it's like this year, now I'm filled with anticipation. Now I'm like, and everybody's starting to think this is a, this could be a tournament team. You know, we don't have any coaches leaving. You know, we've got these great recruits coming in. We've got great transfers. It's not just transfers either. It's recruits and it's people who have been here. And so we're going to have some seniority on the team, going to have some fresh faces, and we're going to have a lot of experience coming from elsewhere. And you've got some of the best coaches in this conference. Um, I mean, how could you not be excited is my question. I don't mind the unknown of the men's program, but for me, it's more of like a, it's an unknown, so I'm not going to really put a lot of stock into this year at all. Um until we at least figure out if we have other coaches that not, we're just not running a two coach, a two coach sign line. Um, but for the women's team, it's like we have been here before, not in our lifetime. Like we were not, we were not cognizant whenever they won that first championship. But they're making it feel like it can, you know, they can go on a run again at some point. And I think that's that's why Lady Raider basketball is the most exciting sport at Texas Tech right now. Sport, yeah, not just basketball. Period. Wow. Period. I mean, you know, the track team is the number one team in the nation. But yeah. yeah, but they do that. Um, they stay doing that. <laughs> so I will say this. You're you're right, Jeremy, that the track team stays doing that, right? And everything you said about the women's basketball team, the Lady Raider basketball team, is absolutely correct. You are absolutely right in all of what you said, right? That they're bringing it back, that they're doing everything that needs to be done to get here. Um, that the team is an exciting team to watch. I think they're, we were just announced we were top 25 in attendance in both men and women, and that's that's a, that's great, and I think the attendance is just going to rise on the women's side. I think everything you said is absolutely correct. However, I'm still going to be more excited for the men, and I'll tell you why. Because I expected Coach Gerlich to be like this in year four. I expected it. I thought she could do this. I really did. Going into last season, I said I just want to get us to any tournament. And she got us to the NIT and a pretty nice NIT run. Like there's, she's not once since she's been a Lady Raider head basketball coach has she let me down and what I expected the team to be, right? I have fairly realistic expectations and she's exceeded, she's either met or exceeded them in every facet in every year she's been the coach here, right? And so I, so though we're getting these commits and doing all this other stuff, it's, we're just following the trajectory of where we've, so we joke about it, but st- stacking success. We're just going on that trajectory. The reason why I'm excited about the men is that fresh start. It is a great fresh start. I know we've been burned a couple times with fresh starts, like Cliff Kingsbury and Matt Wells and and um, you know and, and, and Mark Adams, right? But uh, I will say this, and and it, with with Grant McCaslin though, is that I am excited to see that same thing we're seeing on the women's side, and we saw in football also happen to the men's basketball team. Like I said. This is, it may not be how people like it to be, but it is methodical. It's slow. He's building things. He's going through the things the proper way. And we I missed a couple of them. He did get uh, a Chance McMillian, a nice, nice guard from Grand Canyon, a baller from Grand Canyon. So that's a, that's a, he did, he was able to get and a good three-point shooter there. And he's getting guys, excuse me, that fit what he's really trying to do. And there has to be something said for keeping guys home. Right, we did have transfers out. Don't get me wrong; that's gonna happen anytime there's a coaching change, right? But being able to convince Robert Jennings to stay, right? Because Robert Jennings put his name in the portal. He was like, "I'm out. My name's in the portal. I'm gone." And he was able to get Robert Jennings to stay home, right? 
Uh, he was able to get Lamar Washington, never put his name in the portal. Pop Isaacs, never put his name in the portal. Demarion Williams, never put his name in the portal. Kerwin Cur- Walton, never put his name in the portal. The recruits that we already had, right? Guys like Kyron Lindsey, right? Um, guys like Kyron Lindsey, guys like Drew Steffi, those, or Steph, those guys never wavered. Right, and so I think there's something to be said, especially recently with guys like Adams and Beard who haven't been able to keep guys home, that for the most part, he kept a lot more players home than I would have expected, right? And again, we still had a lot of transfers. I'm going to be wrong, and that's going to happen. But, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people got upset that it seemingly seemed like he might have pushed Jalen Tyson away. Seems like he's keeping the players he really wants to keep, and I think there should be something said for that. So it's... It's um, I'm excited for what Grant McCaslin can do. I know I'm wrong. Um, I could be wrong. He could have a situation where a year from now we're finding out that hey, don't know we suck again, right? But um, I expected this from Coach Gurley, so that's why the excitement isn't there because this is what I expected. I knew like the trajectory is there. We can we're gonna lose our best scores back to back years and just improve as a program. I expected that. Um, the men's side, I'm excited for the possibilities of what we can achieve. And I know that just like Coach Gerlich and just like Coach McGuire, Coach McCaslin has championship aspirations, which both of those guys gave Coach McCaslin the vote of approval. And in his presser, you know who he sounded like? Joey McGuire. <laughs> sounded like, like almost he took Joey McGuire's speech, right? And so um, a lot of people say that, but I really believe it, McCaslin. So I'm excited for the possibility Gerlich is what I expected. Lady Raiders is what I expected. The second she was hired, I'm like, this. she understands it. She gets it is what I expect. Um, so so that's that's why my excitement's there. It's not because I'm doubting the Lady Raiders. It's actually the exact opposite. It's what I expect. So, yeah. There we go. Plus, I can't. We agreed last week. I can't. We can't just keep doing this. There's that, too. If I if I keep agreeing with you, then people will doubt my genius, and I can't have that. That's true. You can't be, you can't be at all seen with agreeing with me in public with me, um, in any sense of the word, with this is the closest we ever get. And when we agree on something, it's usually we're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's facts. That is facts. Right? So we have to disagree for the sake of both programs. That's really uh, really what it is. We're saving Texas Tech. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? Your track and field team, the men's just super good. Just want to shout out uh, the Bahamian. Terrence Jones, who is on the, um, what is it, the Bowman, the Bowerman uh, watch list for best track and field athlete in um, in Division One track and field. So you got a lot of good studs on this team. That's why they're ranked number one in the nation. Yeah. First time, actually, they've been ranked number one all year. They've been ranked number two the last couple weeks. Um, that dastardly Arkansas team was standing in our way. Uh, but they're number one now in the country. Um, and then also, actually, the women's team, Ranked 20th in the country, or actually, no, sorry, uh, 13th. So this is also their highest ranking. They're ranked 13th in the country. Last week they were 22nd. Uh, now they're 13th. Um, so they're not only 13th, they're second in the Big 12, um, only behind Texas, who's the number one team in the nation. Because, I mean, let's Texas track, women's track is always going to be great. Um, but And then we're following the same, same thing that we did in the indoor track. Indoor track, Tech came second on the women's side. And uh, one on the men's side. So, but the track, we're a track school. The track is our best program. If you didn't know that, it's been our best program for a while. Um, yeah, that's all we got. Uh, be on the lookout. Go to home field. Get nice clothes. 
uh, for the People's Champ that is Jeremy Gillen. This is Albie Shorn. You've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.